Please listen carefully. I'm Paul Freelds. And I'm Dave Guzman. And welcome to Practical Bass, where every week we pick a topic of interest to you, the working bass player, and we unpack it and discuss it, and we invite feedback from you, the listeners, as well. You can find us on the web at practicalbass.com. You can leave us feedback there. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know if there's a topic that you'd like to hear covered in a future episode. We'd love to hear from you. We read uh, everything that comes in there. Um, you can also find us on the socials. So if you're on Facebook or Google Plus uh, or Twitter or Instagram, you can find us there. Uh, just look for Practical Bass. And if you're looking for this podcast after we get done on your favorite podcasting app, whether that is the podcasts app on your iPhone or Google Play Music or some other podcatching app that you're using or Stitcher Radio, which works on any platform, you can just look up Practical Bass. Just do a search. You'll find our black and white PB logo, and uh, we invite you to subscribe, and you'll get a new copy uh, of the next episode delivered straight to your device for your listening pleasure. So what are we going to talk about today, Dave? Today we're going to talk about uh, stage behaviors to avoid. Yeah, stage behaviors. So this is a this is an interesting topic. I remember thinking about this topic weeks before I think we ever suggested to do it for a um, a recording session. Um, yeah, this is one of those. This is one of those areas where it can kind of hit close to home, right? So. Um, you know, I know we had some talks about this and things that we've done in the past and kind of committed these sins. And the thing about these stage behaviors is that it's, it's not that they're inherently bad or evil, but when they crop up in excess, yeah, it kind of telegraphs maybe a, um, a personal or professional image yeah. That you may not be looking to project. Right. I lit just the other day, like two days ago, it's a random like weeknight. I caught a band that was coming in from another state, small venue. And it was, I think it was a, a husband wife gig. It was, or at least like a male, female. You could tell they were just kind of like popping into the state and you could see that like the 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 lead who is a female she had um she had this charisma that was like kind of bubbly and out there but she was on the mic and she was there and she was communicating with she, people she was working it she was she working was it. working it and she had yeah she might have been flighty or whatever that was but it worked right it was like an honest like a genuine connection though with the yeah. audience and whatnot exactly and uh the guy like I don't know if it was like a pulling back from the mic or like these like side jokes. You actually like pull back from or the mic whatever. to demonstrate like, that you're like, hey, yeah, hey, pulling back. Go. Yeah, I'm trying to give you the effect <laughs> of the pulling back, like <laughs> the side joke that goes sideways, whatever it was, it distracts. It like, it, it awakens you from the dream, right? It takes you from like an event and throws you away and, and, so was he like, I mean, was he like physically like backing away from the front of the stage, like away from people, away from her? Is that what was going on? I can't 
tell what it was, but I think it was like, I mean, there's a deeper thing about it, right? Like where you know that like somebody's saying something and then you have to listen harder mm -hmm. and you're not even sure if, if you want to listen harder. Like, is it even a joke that you want to listen to? Yeah. Yeah. Or is it an inside joke? Oh, so he's like doing like comments off to the side to her or something like that, or he's talking, but nobody can really tell what he's talking about. Right. And, yeah. And what does it do to like the whole event? Like she's got this amazing yeah. voice, right? She's singing Prince songs. Her intonation is impeccable, but all of a sudden it like, it lowers the quality of the whole show. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. It's always, it's always weird when you catch an act that like part of the act is dialed in and they know what they're there for and they know what they want to deliver. Right. And I'm not saying there's one right way to do that. Right. There are tons of right ways. It, yep. it It's very dependent on what kind of music are you playing? What kind of audience are you playing to? What kind of image are you trying to present? Yeah. Right. And it's always strange when you've got like part of the band is that is there, right? Yep. They're doing that. And then another part of the band is completely not on the same page at all. Like they're right. they're in another band, right? And they they showed up for this gig, <laughs> but they, they didn't expect to be in this band. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. they're going for it in their own way. Right, right, right. exactly. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. Like Ethel Merman at the Weezer concert, right? Or something. <laughs> yeah. So like. Yeah, I think this episode mostly, you know, just based on the topic is going to be what not to do. Yeah. So what's the worst, what's the worst habit you ever broke for your stage behavior? Like the one thing that you've done or, or used to do, you know, maybe regularly and you kind of like, you realized, yeah. oh, this isn't really helping me or it's not helping the band or it's, you know, whatever the case is. And you kind of consciously made an effort to get out of the habit of doing that. Yeah. I, for me, the, uh, I think the, the biggest, um, the biggest hurdle I had to overcome, it, it was the, the poker, the poker face thing, right? Like the, oh, just like, I'm not showing anything to you. Yeah. When it goes south. <laughs> right like <clears throat> because there were times where you know something would go bad and i'd be the guy that that would show it on the face yeah it's a learning lesson i mean i didn't want to be that guy i just ended up that guy uh i got you so in other words what you were trying to do is like you actually were building up a way so that every single thing that maybe was going wrong inside your head like yes. you didn't just like telegraph that out of your no, out of your eyeballs. I people. showed it like in body <laughs> language and like, oh my god. Ah! <laughs> um, but you know, easier said than done. So it like it took time to learn how to find out when you know when it's going when something on stage is not going right, whether it's musically or even if something that somebody says or whatever the case yeah. is, like something was happening, and I would end up in a place where my face and my body was showing that it was not good. Right, right. That's not cool because a lot of it can just scoop by. Like a lot of it will get by and the audience won't see, but I was telling the audience what was happening. Yeah, 
Yeah. Nobody cares. Like literally nobody cares yeah, except for an, the people on stage. Yeah. I mean, like nobody likes to make mistakes, but like there's an eighth note of dissonance and then you're back on the money and like it, it's an <laughs> ephemeral moment. Right. It goes by. Right. Everybody's okay. I mean, th- the only thing you have to worry about is like, oh, if this was a live recording that we're making, yeah. you know, you sweat it a little bit, but yeah. um, you know, things happen. But on the other hand, it's lost to the ages. Right. Except when you give it that next like five seconds of agitation where you're right. like oh right. oh you right. like that oh that when face. you really like expound upon that error and then you make it a whole like situation so for me and you know not that i'm proud of that moment that time in my life but yeah that was that was a big thing for me to get over and that was kind of an amateur side but you realized it right i mean this is all part of experience it. yeah. it's part That's of growing right. as a player yeah so that was like so that's thing number one right like our key for this for this episode is we have we have 10 of these that we're going to go through so right i I, i'm gonna at some point like what i'm gonna do it'll it'll magically enter the mix there's gonna be like this little bell ding and it's gonna that's like gonna be that's how people know we've got like that was number one yeah point number i love it point number one Um, so, so tell me what was your, you know, what, what was a big habit that you had to break on stage? Probably like if this was family feud, I'm pretty sure that between you and me, right. These would literally be the top answers where they're like survey says (laughs) and like the board turns over, (laughs) like you have one of them. I I don't know whether it's number one or number two, but you're one of them. Right. Mine is the other one. Noodling. Noodling on stage. Ah, the noodling. Where you get on stage and in between whether it's, you know, you're getting ready to play or sound check is done or whatever, yep. or you're in, be- oh, God forbid, in between songs. Right. Uh, <laughs> I know I was guilty of that. <laughs> right. um, you know, being on stage and fooling around, just playing notes that everybody else can hear. Yeah. There's no need for them to. Yeah. Right. Like this is. This is definitely one of those things that you can always separate the professionals right. from the amateurs and below is that, you know, when you go on stage, you are, you're playing at sound check, yeah, right? That's right. You're doing just enough to make sure you get your, you know, your sound dialed in the way that it should be. Yep. And, uh, you know, maybe you're working with somebody in your band who's the sound man. Maybe you're working with a professional sound man. You know, hopefully you're, you know, you're at some gigs where, where you're able to, to, to do that and kind of experience that. But, you know, you're, you're working on their time as well. And so you, you know, you need to be present and doing the things that you need to for, you know, that sound man. But then when you're done, you're done. Right. Right. Like you're not on stage to practice. You're not on stage to practice that riff that you really need to know, you know, take your instrument backstage, use some headphones and a little headphone amp or something, but stage is not the place for that stuff. Right. 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 And neither is like the vocal stuff, like the la, 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 la. No, that's the car. Right. Right. Or backstage. Backstage. Or whatever the case yeah. <laughs> Wherever it is. Exactly. Take yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, the stage is not where you warm up for the gig and, uh, you know, and it's not where you practice your, practice your riffs. Yeah. And, you know, that, and that, you know, literally goes like the, the, the thing that noodling always leads to that I, I, I hear so many bands do this is start playing the riff from the song that you're going to do next. Mm. don't give it away right that's what people like 
leave like leave that little element of surprise. Right. People are going to find out in a minute anyway. Like don't right. telegraph it to them. You know right. what I mean? No spoiler alerts on the next five minutes. That's what it's like. It's like spoilers before right. you've seen the movie. And, they're and like, you're only oh. five minutes away. You're right there. <laughs> you almost made it. You, you're right there. They're going to know in a minute yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your, um, what, so now when you see a show, like what's, what's a pet peeve of yours that you yeah. see when you see, you know, musicians basis or musicians, what, what, what's that? So this will this will be point number three, which is introversion, right? Um, right. So when you're when you're not making any connection with the audience or the other uh. band members, um, that that tends to really bug me. It's not that I'm necessarily looking at every gig for the bass player or the singer or whoever to make eye contact with me personally right you're not looking for attention no 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 not at all i mean i'm sure there there's there there's a fan level to that where maybe everybody does yeah. a little bit <laughs> i mean but everybody let's has be little, real yeah, yeah, yeah everybody has that little dream yeah. but beyond <laughs> that at the level of just you know being um being a pro and conducting yourself yeah. right like if i see somebody in the band who's just you know they're so they're like concentrating on what they're doing like what they're playing um beyond like you know their solo break or whatever where where it's you know they totally you know they may go inward they may go outward whatever suits yeah. what they're doing but if they're like not watching anybody around them they're not they're not listening they're not looking yeah. for cues I don't typically see that like if I go to a concert where I'm paying good money to see it that almost never happens because those guys right. all know that you can't you can't communicate that way. Right. But, you know, at the local and regional level, you know, I see it, you know, too often where, you know, people are looking at their fretboard. They're not watching the musical director or whatever, the band leader. They're not right. watching the soloist to catch his, to catch when he throws it back, you yep. know, things like that. And, yep. you know, and when that happens and you're not paying attention to whoever's leading or you're not, watching your friends just to make sure that you've got their back or whatever. Yeah. That's typically when things can fall apart on the stage right. really. Right. And, you know, my, my take on it is music is a conversation and you have to participate in it. If, yep. if you're not participating in the conversation, you're not really playing music. Right. You know, you're, you're practicing on stage or you're, you know, or you know better than rehearsing at least. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of the things that are great on stage, the things that are, genuinely wonderful are the moments where things happen in a way that you didn't intend, but they're perfect right? right in that moment. Right. And it only happens if you're connected to the people who are with you on stage. Right. So, yeah. so what about you? I mean, as far, as far as a, as a pet peeve, what is, what's our point number four of behaviors to avoid? Uh, yeah, I think from, I, I think it's the, the stage banter excessively so right? like there's like an art to it yeah this whole thing which i could never I, i'm not great at it right but there is this thing about being on stage and telling side jokes sometimes that are that just include the band only right like there's inside jokes that sometimes musicians will tell each other yeah like the rest of the audience shouldn't understand what that was right 
whatever that joke is, like blase blah. Nobody understands what blase blah is. Like you're you're hearkening back to the thing that happened in the van last night on the way to right. the venue. Nobody whatever. nobody cares. Nobody knows. It has no impact. And and then you have like the side jokes and the whole thing of like speaking off of the mic and not like not really like connecting with with the audience. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's an issue for me. And and you're using up time there too, right? Right. Because you could just be playing music what whatever they're doing. Like every second of time that goes through. I, I used to have some bands where I would time the like I would take like we would record everything and then track like is it 30 seconds in between songs or a minute and a half and then what did we do in between those songs right right and were we just like chatting with each other yeah did anybody care that's that's an amazing thing to do and you know it's one of the reasons I I will often you know, record live shows right off the board, not because I care to keep the recordings or care to keep the performance, but I like to listen back and see like, yeah, how tight was that? Like how long did it take for us to, you know, get from tune number four to tune number five in that set. And we don't like, it's not that we're trying to model ourselves after um, like wedding bands but if you look at a wedding band that's really good that's like a well-oiled machine right Mm because they do it week in week out yeah very good wedding band that's like part of the thing that makes the magic is that yeah they don't mess around yeah yeah well i mean they don't mess around with that that in between time yeah they're not they're not taking time like between songs to talk to each other about like what song's going to be next. They're not like in joking or whatever. It's all like, right. you know, they're there to, to entertain. Yeah. And there's a level that, you know, you can be at where, you know, if you go see a, a, a pro concert, like, you know, you go and see like some of the biggest names. Sure. It's not like they're always doing their songs 20 seconds apart, but they have a plan for what's going to happen in those few minutes, like those two minutes in between songs. Right. They have a plan for what's going to happen there. It's, and, and right. during that time, they're also keeping the audience entertained. Usually they're telling a story or, or something's happening that is engaging the audience. Yeah. Because so if you don't when, have that plan, then and whenever they tell that story, it's clear, it's concise. It's, it's, uh, it's, you can hear it. It's really clear, right? Yeah. It's not just this story that you're trying to listen in really hard to figure out what is he even saying or she's saying, because it's off mic or it's weird or am I supposed to get this inside joke? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. They're bringing you in. They're bringing you in. They're not keeping you apart. Correct. Yeah. That's really the key. Yeah. So what are, um, you know, I mean, that's, those are some of the biggies, but what are some other areas, some other behaviors that, that, you know, that, that you try to avoid or. So point number five, and I remember, I can remember this well as, uh, you know, from my, from my past right. also, which is, um, undercutting the team, right. Um, music is a, like I said, it's a conversation. Yep. It's also teamwork, right? The band is a team. The ensemble is a team yep. and the audience ought to see nothing but unity between right. the folks who are on stage. And so, you know, like absolutely one of the worst behaviors that you'll see is, 
a band where people are grumbling at each other, you know, dirty looks, they're making comments about each other. And again, in a bigger venue, you may not be able to catch all of that, but there's a vibe that comes from it. Right. And again, what we're talking about is like, you know, at the, at the, the levels below those big stages where you're trying to work your way up and be a professional that people are going to call again. Right. You don't, you definitely don't want to be in the situation where you are giving back negative vibes to the people that you're working with. Even if like, it's a gig that you turn out to like, it turns out to be terrible. Like you show up, everything's wrong. You know, everything has gone wrong. Yeah. Maybe you've had a bad day with your, your significant other or spouse or whatever, or at your job, if you work a day job, you know, you might be bringing that with you. There might be things that have gone wrong in the prep. Somebody might've ticked you off in the band or, you know, they, maybe they're not treating you well, but the thing is you never profit by taking the low road. Right. So like taking the high road and just not don't contribute to any sort of negative vibe like that. Just, it's a team. If if something happens, smile and shake it off and realize, you know what? Yep. In the grand cosmos, it's That's right. It's it's yeah. meaningless. Just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Which and a and a lot of that does fall under the sort of like the poker face thing. Like yeah. just take it and run with it. Right. Like whatever you get, that's not that's not what's important. What's important is the, you know, is the, the product. Yeah. So, uh, what, what's, what's another one that, that comes to mind for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, being late, being late, that sets, that just sets like a precedence, like it in, you know, not even the whole band, but just one band member coming late. It just sets every, it sets the tone wrong puts everybody in a state of chaos and, and depending yeah. on the gig, right? Like you can know, um, you might be in a, in a band where you can, you can push that line and text somebody and say, Hey, I'm going to be there like 20 minutes before the gig starts. And that's a well-oiled machine. And you know that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Things happen in life, but like straight up, like showing up to a gig like right up to that point where you don't know the band that you're playing with, or you're not at that comfort level or even worse yet showing up late, late, like past the point. (laughs) No. Yeah. Just wrong. Yeah. You know, it just sets the whole show. You already start at like a bad place. Yeah. And it's, and it's not necessarily even just getting to the venue, but um, you know, there are other things that are required at some gigs like, right. You know, there may be a call time, to meet up with venue personnel. There may be like a sound check that you're doing where you yep. need to be on time for the sound check so that the band is going to sound its best. Right. And you know, n- none of this is to say that like things don't happen. I mean, everything, every plan is not going to come out perfectly and things happen. Yeah. Right. This isn't really about, I mean, things, their accidents happen, you know, problems can happen. And yeah, you, everyone has to deal with a certain level of uncertainty because you can't control everything in the world. But right. here's, here's the thing. Like I'm, I'm actually kind of like infamous for this. If you're on time, you're late. Right. Right. And I don't mean that's a, that's an attitude that I force on other people. It's an attitude that I have in me 
yeah. that I can't get away from. Somehow, I don't even know. Like, I can't even blame like my mom or my dad or anybody like that. I don't know yeah. why I'm like this, but I am. Like, if I'm on time, I'm late. Right. right? Like, if I'm if call time is, you know, seven thirty, if I'm there at seven fifteen, I feel late. Right. Right. If I, I got to be there like seven, maybe even a little before. Right. Just because I don't want to take even a chance of something happening and making me late, and it's going to vary. Right. But the more important the gig is, like the if I'm trying to you know impress, if I'm trying to like you know yeah. do something that I know I want to be invited back to, whatever the case may be, those things I'm going to take even more seriously. And what I mean by this is not, you know, you have to show up early to everything. Mm-hmm. What I mean is, don't expect everything to go perfectly. Right. right? That's how I. That's yeah. how I think about it. I don't expect that I'm going to get on. I-95, the big interstate here, and like traffic is going to miraculously part like the Red Sea, and I'll just fly up to wherever it is. It's 30 miles from here, which means at 65 miles an hour, it'll take me 27 minutes door to door. I'll be there in time. I don't plan for that. Like I plan for there to be rotten traffic, which means it's going to take me extra time. I'm going to plan for something to go wrong. Like, oh, I forgot I needed to stop for gas. I, you know, um, I, I, I got five minutes out the door and realized I left a piece of equipment, had to right. double back, whatever, you know? Yeah. And I plan on that basis. Yeah. And so inevitably more times than not, things don't go wrong like that. And so I end up being early. Right. Right. So. Because and I mean, there's, you know, there's Murphy's law. Yeah. There's always that. And that, and so it, it's, it's nicer to, to roll in and say, you know what? I've got time to go grab some food. Yeah. I have actually time to like eat and take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you also need to know yourself too. Like if you're the type of person, the type of musician where you feel like it's healthy for me to have like 10 minutes before the gig where I could just Mm -hmm. do me, whatever that is. Yeah. Whether you want to be in your car silent, whether you want to be out like socializing with people, whatever that is budget that time in you know we we need that that helps right prep right figure that in in other words don't expect it to come from from nowhere right exactly all right so i'm going to bust another one out for you go uh, for it so number six obviously was being late right so number seven is hanging around the stage when you're at a bigger gig mm-hmm. right like the audience should not see you milling around on the stage right Right. You shouldn't be there until it's time for you to, you know, strap in and play like other than sound check. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, you're not, you're not given early previews. This is almost like, it's almost in a way related to that noodling thing. Yep. Right. Use that factor of like that wow factor. Right. Um, so, you know, that really only applies to the, the bigger gigs in in terms of like where you are um if in a smaller gig though it's kind of similar though you know you don't stand around with your instruments strapped on looking around at the crowd for 15 minutes before you start right you know you you know go out and and meet people you know especially if you're you're a local or you're a regional yep you know you don't don't hide you know you go out and shake hands say hi to people if you can um i i still have a hard time with this one honestly myself i mean i know that's like an ideal behavior I always have a hard time with it because being kind of an introvert, mm-hmm. um, 
I don't know. I'm one of those people like I can be extroverted for a while and then I have to like, I got to retreat. You got to turn know? it off. Yeah. Yeah. Like my, my battery pack only lasts for so right. long and I kind of like, sometimes I'm, I'm holding it, you know, for the yeah. gig and holding it for the between sets or whatnot. But you know, that's just me personally. But you know, I, I still think it's a great idea to go out and make connections with people because these are the people that are your, they're your, they're your fans. They're going right. to push you to the next gig, to the next right. level, you know, whatever. So, you know, again, not, not being aloof and, you know, just kind of like standing around, like you've got nothing to do. You definitely yeah. have stuff you could be doing. And part of it is, you know, uh, marketing yourself. Yeah. Well, because if, if the audience just experienced something, right, which hopefully they did, hopefully you put on a great show, they're going to want to connect with you. And even though you've just been through something, they're going to want to, they're going to want to interact with you. So, you know, certainly it's good to, to get in there and, and, you know, converse and share that experience with them. Yeah. Instead yeah, of I, becoming like this kind of aloof, like I'm on the stage after the set, just doing my yeah. thing. Well, so speaking of, of aloof, that, that brings up another, another point. Mm -hmm. we have. What's, what's uh, point number eight on our list here? Yeah, wearing house clothes to a gig. <laughs> like a moo moo. <laughs> like a moo moo. <laughs> wearing your robe. I your mean, dress, like just dress, dress for the gig, right? Sir, these are silk pajamas and a dressing jacket. Yeah. <laughs> a smoking jacket. <laughs> like you show up like Hugh Hefner. <laughs> there, there are definitely gigs where like there's uniform or whatever, but yeah. in general, just dressing for the gig. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's no rules to like, there are rules, but there's nothing you could right now, like throw out there. But I would, I would offer, I think some of our audience is probably going to disagree with yeah. me, but you know, Hey, it's, this is our show. If That's you, right. You get your own show. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, no, some, some people may disagree with me. I would say if your band doesn't have a, an idea what the dress code is, you're wearing the wrong stuff. Right. Period. Like you, if you haven't made yeah. a decision about that, whatever you're doing is wrong. Yeah. Right. So I'm not saying everybody needs to wear the same thing, but the band, sh the band should have an identity Yeah. and the identity determines what you're going to wear to the show. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that like you go out to a show and you like, everybody's got to wear like, you know, you know, uh, bowling shirts with flames on them or right. sequence you know, yeah or motorcycle jackets or tuxedos or why something am i like going that. for the sequence jacket that's the sequence yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know dave you're fabulous <laughs> do -do 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 -do. so <laughs> i think uh but it's just you know at least if no one's had the conversation yeah then be the musician on stage that has the communication that brings it out yeah like what are we wearing yeah, absolutely. That's, that's totally okay. Absolutely fair question. And and if you're at a gig where you don't know the band well, like you're subbing or whatever, you absolutely should be asking that yep. as one of the questions. Yep. Now, if they don't know, okay, you just learned something about that band, right? That's right. fine. I would always say like, I, you know, if I don't know, then I'm going to dress to impress. Again, that doesn't mean like a suit and tie, Right, just means like I'm going to wear you know nice shirt. I'm not going to have holes in my jeans. I'm going right. to, you know, I'm going to look, I'm going to look presentable. Like wearing something that's maybe just a little bit more, you know, flamboyant than you might right. find. Like yeah, you know, that I would wear to work or something right. like that. Right. 
So, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, again, it's the idea of like you want to project the the pro that you are aiming to be, right? You want to yeah. dress for success. Yeah. And, and dress like you're being paid to be there, which hopefully you are. Right. Right. Even if you're not being paid to be there, still dress the part. Right? You're because there. that's what people are going to remember. That's right. Yep. Next point. Yeah. So, no, so the point number nine, uh, showboating, um, when you're not the featured player or the lead, mm. right? So like detracting from the person who's got the ball on stage. And a lot of times that may be a singer or it might be a guitar player, right? Or it might be different people like during their solos, right? People may be taking a solo. Your sax mm-hmm. player may be taking a, you know, maybe may taking a long, you know, uh, break in the middle of a song that he's, you know, he's kind of carrying everything focuses on them. And the key is don't distract from them. Like, you know, yeah. if they're the focus and everybody else is pretty still, you don't want to be like dancing a jig over in your yeah. corner. If, you know, if, uh, if, you know, if, if the, if the band is like very cool and collected, but you're like, you know, running out to the middle of the stage and like, you know, wagging your tongue at girls right. and stuff like that. Yeah, not so cool. Although it, <laughs> it, it makes it great. Makes the, wagging, the wagging of the tongue, man. The comedy scene that, I, that I'm playing out mentally is really, it's awesome. <laughs> I would yeah. love to have like a budget to film yeah. that and have it go yeah. along with this like a YouTube video or, <laughs> or a cartoon. Like we should have a cartoon that underlays this. Right. Maybe we'll do that. We'll get somebody to like cartoon this. That, I think YouTube. that's in the butt. No, it's not in the budget. That's not in the budget. budget. I thought it was in the budget. First second, I thought it was in the budget. You know, also like not being in the shape to play. Yeah, this is this is point number ten, and there's a reason we left this to last because it's so important. Yeah, like over, just just not quite being there, um, either partying too hard or just you know, it is a job. Yeah. Right. And you have to think about it on the front end and while you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is definitely a job. That's why you're hired to do the gig. Yeah. And let's I mean, let's put a, a we're uh, you know, I don't you I, I'm going to put a very fine point on this, right? Like this yeah. is not not judgmental about whatever, you know, people like to do in their spare time or whatever. Yeah. But when you're being paid to do a job, you don't show up. Well, I mean, it depends on what the job is, I guess. Like if you're being paid to be a drug dealer, maybe you show up high. I don't know. Right. I That is not a life I've led, and so I don't know. But in most jobs, right, where you're paid to show up. He's a liar. You don't. <laughs> shut up, Dave. <laughs> most jobs where you show up and get paid for, you know, for yeah. being there and being professional, you don't show up high. Right. You don't show up drunk. And yep. you don't get high or drunk while you're there. Right. So... That is not to say that there aren't gigs where that, you know, where people do enjoy themselves and, you know, maybe you partake of some liquor, maybe you partake of something else because that's, you know, kind of, that's, that's the go with the flow at the gig. And if, you know, again, these are personal choices. We're not saying that you, you know, if, if you're not into that. I'm not saying you should. And if you are, we're not saying that, you know, you should refrain entirely and never do it. But the key is you need to know what level you're performing at and yeah. you don't exceed the level where you could do the job. Right. Right. Know what that line is. Yeah. And don't like just be be conscious of yeah. that. Like don't yeah. 
I mean, I, I still play with young players sometimes who they think that the gig is the place where they go to drink beer at a bar. And I'm like, no, you do that when you're an audience member. Right. And it's not that you can't have a drink on stage. And if you, you know, anybody who knows me knows that, you know, I'll have a beer on stage. Absolutely. Sure. But, you know, it's like one per set. Right. Yeah. Because I, I have to be able to execute what I'm there to do. Right. And I, I, I play with young players um, quite a bit who, you know, maybe who, who don't, you know, who haven't like played a lot and maybe they're, they're not, you know, they're not necessarily yeah. up with the rules of the road or whatnot. And they don't know that that stuff like keeps them from playing at their best and sometimes keeps them from getting gigs again because they're right. just not playing well. Right. And that's the hardest thing is when you see musicians who are really talented yeah, and they get dull because they're, you know, they're, they're dulling their abilities right because of whatever they're ingesting and they're having too much of it yep. and then suddenly like the gig goes downhill yeah and that's that's happened a couple times to me in performance i'm not to me like i you know went crazy i'm saying i was involved in some performances yeah. that went downhill really quickly and it was very painful to be at and so you, yeah. know, you owe it to your fellow musicians not just the audience yeah yeah even if as a musician if you've taken it too far on stage you'll know you'll know the morning after yeah that was not necessary yeah Sometimes that was sloppy <laughs> that was sloppy yeah and you don't want to what you don't want to do is you don't want to find that out by way of either like the band director you know the band leader yep. or musical director giving you a call and saying don't come back right right or you know or you know calling you on the carpet God forbid you find out from your fans, right? Right. The people who came out to see you and they say, we love your show, but you guys were terrible, right? You got, yeah. Like so-and-so got plastered yeah. and couldn't play. I mean, it was embarrassing. So yeah, that, that can happen. Yep. So, you know what? All of these things, again, you know, we've kind of talked about the, these things as, as guides, right? They're, we're, what we're not what we're not trying to do here is is say that if if you've done any of these things, there's something wrong with you, right? It's all a growth yeah. process, right? But recognizing, if you recognize a couple of these behaviors, right, every day is a chance to turn that around, right? It's not yeah. something that you have to do. And, you know, if you're if you're not already a pro, if you're, you know, if you're kind of newer on the journey of playing bass and playing bass live yeah. and being a working bassist, just think about it this way. You know, you don't, you don't want to wait until you're paid like a pro to act like a pro. Right. Right. Cause otherwise you're never going to get there. So, um, and the main thing is like people want to work with people who are easy to work with. Right. So you want to be one of those people. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, that's probably a good place to wind up. I hope that uh, I hope that our audience enjoyed this, and, and, and maybe that it provoked some thoughts. Uh, you know, whether they're positive or negative, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, let us know if you whether you agree or disagree with what you heard in this podcast. We would love to hear from you. You can reach us through our website, practicalbase.com, where you can also subscribe to this podcast and get a new, fresh episode delivered to you every week. 
Um, you can find us on the podcasts app on your iPhone or on Google Play Music on your Android phone. You can find us on the Stitcher Radio app or on any podcasting uh, platform. Just simply look for Practical Base. Uh, you can also find the subscription links through our website, practicalbase.com. You can find us on the socials at Facebook, on Google+, on Instagram and Twitter. And feel free to drop us a note there and, uh, and let us know your thoughts. We definitely want to have a relationship with you, our listeners. It's very important to us that uh, um, that we connect with you and, and that you keep this conversation going. And, and who knows, we may have a follow-up about, uh, about some of that feedback in the future. Um, until then, I'm Paul Freelds. And I'm Dave Guzman. This has been Practical Base. Thanks for listening. Definitely not brought me beer because there's nothing good about being me. <laughs> me either. That's great. We have that in common. Hey. Hey. Hey, you. We'll rename this uh, basis. There's nothing good about being us. Nothing good about being basis. <laughs> Welcome.